This morning from Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if in fact we suffer with Him so that we may also be glorified with Him. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Years ago, I read a book entitled Extreme Devotion. It was a book of devotions, but each one was about a particular person. They were all about Christian martyrs throughout the ages, people who had sacrificed much, sometimes even their life, because of their Christian faith. I found it riveting to read so many stories of people from across the ages who had such a strong faith that they were able to endure so many different kinds of hardships. One story comes from a man who lived in the former Soviet Union. His name was Paulus. He had been arrested because he was a Christian, and he proclaimed it publicly, and that was against the law. They had tortured him for days trying to get him to recant his faith, to say, I do not believe in Christ, but he would not do it. Finally, the captain who was in charge of the jail where he was being kept came in to see him and said, we're going to send you to Siberia. It is a place where the snow never melts. It is a place of great suffering. And Paula smiled and said, This is my father's world. You can send me wherever you like, but I will still be in my father's world. He said, well, we're going to take everything you own. And He said, I hope you have a giant ladder because my treasures are stored up in heaven. The man is getting even more and more upset. He finally looks right in his eyes and points to his forehead and said, we can put a bullet right between your eyes. And Paula said, that would be okay because I'm not afraid of dying. If you rob me of my physical life, then my my real life and real joy will begin with Christ in heaven. I'm not afraid of being killed. And he said, well then we'll just leave you alone in your cell forever. And no one will know where you are, and no one can come and visit you. He said, oh, no, that's not so. I have a friend. He is not bothered by locked doors or iron gates. He travels where he will. Nothing can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus, my Lord. What a man of faith this text today describes what paul sees as the importance of our christian identity and certainly paulus has a great sense of that you can see it in his story 
Paulus was clearly empowered by the Spirit and clear about being a child of God and joint heirs with Christ, even though he was experiencing some very real suffering. That's what Paul says our life in Christ is all about, that we can be led by the Spirit, empowered by God despite our circumstances if we can remember that we are a child of God. I'm humbled. When I read about such martyrs and saints who lived their faith so deeply, who endured so much in such difficult circumstances, I expect that I will never face such a situation as that. And yet the question remains, how would I respond? If I found myself in that situation, how would I respond if someone was threatening torture, if I was suffering greatly and all they wanted me to do was say that I didn't believe in Jesus Christ, what would I do? What would you do in such circumstances as those? Would you be willing to suffer because of your faith? Paul says, now listen. You are led by the Spirit. You're not given a spirit of slavery. You're not to live out a spirit of fear or defeat or powerlessness. You are a child of God. And God is with you and the Spirit of God is indeed leading you forth. It's helpful to remember as a backdrop to this story that we can remember that Paul was a zealous Jew as were some of those in Rome to whom he is writing, but they have come to believe that God has done something through Christ that makes him the Messiah. But certainly when Paul is writing about slavery and it's connected to God, all that knew that story of what God has done to deliver the Jewish people, the Hebrew children, out of the hands of the Egyptians would think of slavery in that context. And it's a great story of God's power coming and working through Moses and leading them into the desert and then into the promised land. But the story also tells us before they get to the promised land, just not very long after they have exited Egypt, some of them decide this is not for them and they begin to want to go back. They want to turn around and go back to Egypt, even if it means going back to slavery. It is not an uncommon experience, now is it, to try something new and before long consciously or unconsciously to want to go back. So often we're tied to the familiar and the comfortable that when we step out before very long, we're ready to go back. We're ready not to have the uncertainty and the anxiety that newness can bring. Those Hebrew children were being led out of physical slavery, but all of us can deal with slavery in our own lives in some ways because of different behavior patterns and different experiences. Some of us find we're enslaved to alcohol and drugs. For others, it's not that at all. It's pornography. Or for some, it's eating habits. Some, it's how much we're on social media or watching television. It can be so many different things that get a grip on us 
And all of a sudden we realize we're not in control and we're not making good decisions and life is spinning out of control. Or we're working so hard to hide what we're really doing that we're exhausting ourselves in the pursuit of the deception. All of us face temptation. If we took some time and if we were really honest with ourselves, I imagine that every one of us could describe a time where we have felt captured by something destructive, where we have struggled to do better, maybe even set a plan, set a goal to do better, maybe even started down that road, but before very long found ourselves yearning for the way it used to be. Or maybe even just through inattention and distraction, we have found ourselves right back in the same old place, practicing the same old patterns which we know are not the healthy ones, and yet we find ourselves in the thick of it once again. Paul has a word for us in those moments. He says, wait a minute, stop. God has something better in mind for you. You can hear it in verse 15 when he writes, when we cry, Abba, Father. It is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The very power that raised Christ from the dead is at work in you. Paul is saying you can stand strong, you can endure any circumstance because God is with you. God has not come to us in Christ so that we would live like slaves, so that we would live in a spirit of fear or powerlessness or defeat. God has come to us so that we might know His power and His love, His mercy, His forgiveness, and that divine leading that Paul describes in our reading this morning. One of my United Methodist colleagues wrote in his column about this one week. I, I love the way he wrote it. I saved it. I want to read a few lines from what he wrote as he speaks about this. He says, here is the good news. Jesus overcame the power of death and created the possibility of life, lived in relationship with God so that we might release control of our lives in the waters of our baptism and be filled with this new life a seed planted deep within us by God's grace this seed of faith is not willpower this seed of faith is the presence of Christ in us every day Christ is growing within us every day I'm in the process of becoming more like the Christ in me the reason Jesus said we could move mountains with the faith the size of a mustard seed is because Jesus is that seed of faith. He is the one moving the mountains, changing us from within. Then this pastor goes on to say, too often we think we're the ones moving the mountains and too often preachers end up telling their people to shape up, get with it, and fail to refer to the power of God to make it happen. He says when we do that, we put all the weight of living in relationship with God on our own shoulders. It's up to us to change, we say. 
And then he gets kind of sassy at the end. He says, if I ever start to say such a thing to you, smack me hard and call me Dear Abby. <laughs> right? He's saying this is not self-help. We're not to do this alone. This Christian life is in concert with God. Because you are a child of God, Paul says. Heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. The very power of God that raised Christ from the dead is at work in your life now. The gospel announces to claim the name Christian for yourself is to change your life forever. Now, often we hear people say, I went to this concert or I saw this television show or I read this book. It changed my life forever. But typically they mean for the rest of my days on earth, it changed my life. But when Christians say it changes our life forever, they mean for a much longer time. Because what we're claiming is that not only changes our life now and the days here on earth, but even in our death and in life beyond death, God is with us. And when we're in touch and receiving the Spirit, and the power and the love of God, it changes your life forever. It changes your life now, but it changes your life as you face death and an even life beyond death. I did a funeral here yesterday in the Rose Chapel. Reverend Venable handles most of those. She does a funeral about every week. Our other pastors do the same when they're called upon. They help people transition these waters of loss and grief. And whenever we come together as the family of faith, we want to honor the person who's passed away. We want to celebrate their life and all the good things about them. And we remember their life among us. But we do more than that. Because we also want to speak of faith. And we want to talk about what difference it makes to die in Christ opposed to not having that faith when you face death. And so we remind everyone who comes to one of our funerals that God is with us. That Christ has promised that He's gone ahead of us to prepare a place for us. And we can count on that. But not only that, that the Spirit is with us to comfort us, to remind us, to lead us, to teach us, to help us. We want to celebrate a life well lived. But we also always want to end on the high note that there is more here than just you and me, that God is here. And on God we can count to be with us in life and death and even life after death. Even though I work here at the church, some weeks I get busy and stressed and sort of forget my identity in Christ. Sometimes it's easy to begin to think I've got to carry all these tasks by myself. Paul reminds us that's not right. One of my friends who I knew years ago really helped me with this. She was a preacher's wife, but she was a wise woman. She was telling me about what life in her life had been like when she was growing up. She shared several interesting stories, but the one that really stuck with me was when she said she got to her teenage years and she began to have more freedom and she began to go out of the house in the evenings without her parents and be around town and be on her own. 
She said her parents didn't give her a lot of rules. They didn't give her a curfew. They weren't strict. They just always said to her before she left, remember who you are and where you come from. Remember who you are and where you come from. That's what Paul is saying to us today. Remember who you are. You are a child of God. And it's to make a difference not only when we're gathered here together for worship, but even more so when we leave this place. We're to live with that identity chief in our minds and hearts that we are children of God, empowered by God's love and spirit to do good in the world, to live as we're in the image of Christ. Paul says to claim the name Christian is a powerful claim That'll change your life. Remember who you are and where you come from, he says. Last year, we articulated some core values. We wrote down a list and have been talking about how those center our life together. That is what we are trying to do with our core values is to remind you of who we are. What are some of the distinctives in our life together? So we began by saying we affirm that everyone is a beloved child of God. That this life with God, this spiritual journey is a lifetime. It's a lifelong journey. That we can cultivate things like music and architecture and the arts in our life together and it's a way that we can experience God in this family of faith and that we can embrace our faith and our scripture with this mind that God has given us and we can use our reason to help us grow and live our faith we'll embrace reason as part of our life together we say that we'll nurture one another within this family so that when we leave here we go as ambassadors of reconciliation in the name of Christ And the way we put God's love into action is by building mission partnerships in our community and beyond because we know that God can work within us but also can leverage what we can do when we are cooperative and working in partnership with others. And finally, we said that all of us strive for excellence in our service of God. That we try to live our lives and do all that we do in the Spirit. Being led by God's Spirit. Giving our very best. Knowing that God has given each of us gifts to use for the common good. That we'll strive to do our best and give our best as we live our lives in Christ. It's a way to remind ourselves of some of those distinctives that we want to live out together as Christians here at Boston Avenue. That's the practical step this week to integrating faith with life. Remember who you are and where you come from. You are a child of God. The Spirit of God is at work in you. And it doesn't give you a spirit of fear and slavery. But Paul says, recognize that you are an heir of God and joint heir with Christ and the very power of God that raised Christ from the dead can raise you up and get you through and carry you into the future. Remember, it's so very important, friends, to remember who you are and where you come from. Amen.